hope for the hopeless. And there are many hopeless situations that we can experience in our lives and that we see uh, around and about us. We're thinking this morning, I mentioned the, the pandemic and uh, seems to be going on and, and on. And uh, when we think it's coming to an end, uh, something else uh, occurs. And um, the issues of global warming, and they can overwhelm at times. And what, what is the hope? Our personal circumstances in, uh, in life, it can be a health issue that suddenly comes. And the doctor says, well, there's nothing more that we can do. It can be a financial constraint that comes uh, upon us. If it's not us, then we know people going through times of real difficulty. I think I did mention briefly this morning about the work that's going on uh, in Cardiff City Centre. A few folks from the church in St. Melons joining many from churches throughout Cardiff and other agencies who try to help the, the homeless and to see their situations. And you wonder, how can it get to that? And you sit down and you, you talk with them and the stories are often very familiar. Uh, but there they are in what seems to be a hopeless situation. And it's so wonderful to be able to point to the answer, a hope for the hopeless. Well, to help us think through that uh, great, great truth and reality, uh, I'm focusing on the, uh, the account that I read to us uh, about a man in a totally hopeless situation and how it was that he found hope. He, he went to the right person at the right time and made the right request. And his life and his situation was uh, amazingly transformed. It happened to me at the age of uh, 19. Not that I had this condition. But I had a pressing condition that's common to all mankind. And uh, the only hope is Jesus Christ. So here he is, this particular man. And uh, he's... In a hopeless situation, he's a, he's a leper. Now, leprosy is something that's still around uh, today, but it's dealt with uh, in a much more compassionate manner than perhaps was 2,000 years ago. The implications once you uh, contracted leprosy 2,000 years ago were pretty stark. There were physical ramifications uh, there were social implications and also spiritual implications. For a man to have or a woman to have or a child, it could happen to children too. The implications were pretty dire. Let's think of the physical um, effects of having this disease. First of all, once you got it, you wouldn't be aware. A little bit like getting uh, covid uh, you're not aware initially, uh, it's, um, it develops within, uh, and leprosy is a microbial disease that uh, is silent and, and hidden and works away quietly within us. And perhaps if you had leprosy, the first thing you'd notice is a, a patch of skin getting harder. Don't worry, children, you've got a patch of hard skin, it's not leprosy. Okay. And if it was, it can be, it can be treated to, today. And uh, that patch might develop and spread. Then the skin gets, gets harder. And uh, eventually, as it hardens, cracks appear in the skin. It comes all over the body in patches. And uh, out of those uh, 
fissures and furrows in the skin would come a, a bit of an oily pus and it would be quite foul in its uh, smell and uh, it would develop further and you begin to lose circulation uh, in parts of your body particularly the extremities fingers and uh, hands and toes and feet and the end of your your nose you'd stop feeling things and so uh, you maybe put your hand on a, something that's very very hot but you wouldn't be aware and so you you get burned you wouldn't feel it and infections could set in and then because of a loss of circulation uh, bits would begin to to drop off okay so you might lose fingers and uh, toes you might lose a, a hand uh, your nose would perhaps dissolve uh, into your face it was a terrible disease physically and uh, it would affect your voice and uh, instead of having a lovely voice uh, like I have here uh, suddenly it would be affected and it become quite gravelly as uh, the voice is affected uh, uh, as well and, and so really if you were to meet a leper you'd be aware of his presence if a leper came in here uh, tonight well you'd see he was a leper because you'd notice the effects uh, on his his body uh, you'd hear he was a leper you'd say come in friend thank you very very much uh, if you're allowed to touch him, which we are today, but you weren't 2,000 years ago, you'd feel the roughness uh, of his skin. So you'd uh, see he's a leper, you'd hear he's a leper, you could feel he's a leper, or you'd smell he was a leper, the order that surrounded about him. Uh, and I'm told it was such an order that you'd taste he was a leper, because as you swallow, the smell would dissolve in your saliva, and you'd taste the presence of a leper. It was a terrible condition physically to have and there was no cure and uh, it was like a living death and uh, Luke in his account tells us something more about this man who comes to Jesus and Luke we know that Luke was a physician he was a doctor and uh, Luke tells us that this man was full of leprosy so he'd had it for quite some time and uh, the effects would be very, very obvious. So physically, uh, the conditions and the consequences of having leprosy were pretty devastating. But if that were all that happened 2,000 years ago, maybe you think, well, with family help and care and sympathetic friends, I'll be able to, to get by. But there were social consequences 2,000 years ago. As soon as you were found to have leprosy, you would go to the priest, he's examined you, and if leprosy was diagnosed, uh, you were then an outcast. It meant you were cast out from polite and normal social society. So it would mean uh, if you were a husband or a wife, you had to leave the family home. If you were a child, you had to leave the family home. If you're a grandma or a granddad that lived with the family, you could no longer live with the family. You lived outside. Uh, friendships, you were not allowed to have close contact. We got the two-metre rule. Well, they had a two-metre rule, so they could be sort of talking from uh, a distance. And uh, really, if you're upwind from somebody six feet or two metres, 
if uh, you were downwind, it could be a good bit longer, about 100 feet or, or 30 meters. And uh, you were not allowed to go home anymore. You couldn't see family. They could see you from a distance. They could bring you some food and leave it and then uh, retire. So it was a lonely existence. Your only friends were other lepers. And so lepers lived in leper colonies and they would gather together. I'm sure this leper lived in a leper colony. His only close contact were other lepers. You had to wear a veil, right? So, you know, these are nothing new. Uh, in the Old Testament times, at the times of Jesus, and with leprosy, they wouldn't have smiley faces on like mine had. It would be a veil that they wore over their face. They weren't allowed to uh, comb their hair. You might be quite pleased with that, children. And uh, they had to ring a bell if anyone was getting near, just to warn people, uh, I'm unclean, I'm unclean, uh, keep away. So the social consequences, imagine that, how terrible. Not only the physical condition you had to live with, but your only friends were other lepers. And maybe kind people might leave you some food at the edge of your colony and then retreat away from a distance to you. But no contact anymore with uh, people who didn't have leprosy. Spiritually, in Israel 2,000 years ago, you could no longer obviously go to synagogue. No more going to church. What about that? No more going to church. No more going to the temple in, in Jerusalem. You were not allowed into a religious meeting. So the consequences were terrible. And again, just to emphasize, Luke says, this man was full of leprosy. So physically, it had taken its toll. Uh, emotionally and socially, he hadn't been home for many years. Uh, if he was a child, maybe he was a teenager or just entering his teens or her teens. And then for many years, now maybe this leper's in his or her 20s. Or maybe it was a dad or a mum in their 40s. Now they're in their 50s. Maybe it was grandma or granddad in their 70s. They're now in their 80s. Uh, not been able to go home for many, many years. He was full of leprosy. Listen, the situation really was hopeless 2,000 years ago in Israel. And this leper approaches Jesus because one day, one day, some news comes to the leper colony. Maybe the lepers, he, he sat down. And he's chatting, uh, he is Hezekiah the leper, talking with Zechariah the leper. And along comes Martha the leper, and they're having a little chat together. And uh, suddenly, uh, Jeremiah the leper rushes in. Have you heard the news? Uh, have you heard the news? Rumpage! <laughs> oh, there's, a, there's a, a miracle worker who's uh, in, uh, he's in the area. And astonishing things are, are, are happening. See, just before us in uh, Mark chapter 1, Jesus has been preaching in, uh, in uh, Capernaum and in uh, Nazareth, up in Galilee there, up north. And uh, Jesus has healed Peter's mother-in-law. And then that night, people come from the, the town and uh, 
with countless diseases and difficulties. They're laid before Jesus and he heals them. So news gets back to the leper colony. And what was our leper called? I think he was Hezekiah. And Hezekiah begins to think, oh, I wonder. Well, he's thinking his, his normal voice, I wonder. Because he remembers his normal voice. It's only when he speaks that the voice comes out he doesn't recognize. But when he's thinking to himself, it's his own lovely voice that he used to, I wonder what he's done for others. Could he do for me? And for the first time in, I don't know how many years, but he's full of leprosy, there's, there's hope that comes into a hopeless situation. And so he, uh, he leaves the leper colony and he uh, makes his way towards where he hears Jesus is. Now I'd imagine he's dragging himself because his feet will be in a mess by now. It won't be an easy journey. And let me say, it's a journey he shouldn't really have taken. It's an encounter that shouldn't have taken place. Now Matthew fills in a bit more detail now. It's good putting the Gospels together. Matthew, Mark, Luke and, uh, and John and uh, having a look and seeing in a different angle, in a different perspective. Um, Matthew tells us that this incident took place shortly after Jesus Christ has completed the Sermon on the Mount. And Matthew tells us a great crowd of people are around and about him, listening to what he has to say. And on the horizon comes a man, and he's approaching. And he shouldn't be approaching. He's not allowed to approach. But there's something driving him, that here's a man who can actually heal me. In a life of hopelessness, there's now hope, and nothing's going to stop me. Now, have you thought about becoming a Christian? Have you thought about having sins forgiven? Have you thought about getting to heaven, having peace with God, but things seem to hinder? Maybe it's a job or a relationship, or it's being busy doing this, busy doing nothing, busy the whole day through, trying to find lots of things not to do. Maybe the Xbox or the PlayStation, or it's something on the television, and I, you know, I've been watching Octonauts and all sorts of things with the grandkids in, over Christmas, and uh, have you heard of them, the Octonauts? Have you? Yeah. <sighs> hey, Dougie, he's one of my favourites, and... Um, Used to be SpongeBob, but hey, Dougie, I've got lots of badges that. Have you heard of hey, Dougie? Come across, yeah. Yeah, he's. Yeah. What's I talking about? Oh, yeah, nothing's going to stop him. Nothing's going to hinder him. The crowd looked round in horror because this man shouldn't be coming. Maybe some are picking up stones because you're allowed to do that and throw them at him to deter him, drive him away, but uh, Jesus won't let that, that happen. Whether he said anything or not, he has the power to restrain people. And uh, the man comes towards Jesus Christ. And uh, notice his position. He comes before Jesus. He's on his knees. All right. He's, he's, plead. he's going to plead with the Lord Jesus. And uh, notice the man's faith. Listen to what he says. Um, if, says the man, if you will, or if you are willing... You can make me clean. Now, think about the faith that this man has. He's had this leprosy for so many years. It's devoured his body. He's in a real mess. But notice the faith that he has. He goes to Jesus because he believes that Jesus has the power to make him well. What a, what a faith that is. Power to cleanse his skin. 
power to make his nose grow again and uh, give his fingers back and maybe an arm and his toes uh, the power to heal him. And what that healing would mean is that he could go home and give his wife or his mum or his dad or his grandkids a hug again that he'd never been able to do for so many years. He believes that Jesus has the power. Well, there's one thing that troubles the leper. Would Jesus be willing? I don't doubt, says the leper, you have the power. Listen again, what the leper says if you are willing, you can make me clean. He doesn't doubt the power of Jesus, but what he does have doubts about is, is Jesus willing? Does he care about somebody like me? I can understand maybe the important people, he's got time for them, but I know me, has he got time for somebody as hopeless and as messed up as, as me? And here in Jesus Christ, there is great hope for all. Great hope for all. That Jesus Christ, we're going to sing a hymn uh, in the not too distant future, certainly within the next hour or, or so, about the fact that Jesus is full of pity, joined with power. He is able, he is willing, doubt no more. Jesus Christ, because of who he is, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. He is the Lord of glory. He's the creator of the universe. He's the one who can calm a storm and raise the dead. There's no doubt he has power, but is, is he willing? <clears throat> now, wonderfully, in this particular passage here, it's Mark alone who, who brings this great, great truth out. As the leper approaches Jesus Christ, as the leper makes his plea, if you're willing, you can make me clean. How do you think Jesus felt? It's wonderful when we get a little window into the emotions and the heart of Jesus Christ. You know, he's the most wonderful person. He'll never let you down. Uh, he's worth giving everything to. And nobody loses out. I mean, I've been a Christian 45 and a half years. I haven't given him enough. And if I have my time over, maybe, yeah, not maybe, definitely ought to give him more, to trust him more. And we never, ever lose out. And here, this, this leper, how does Jesus feel about this pitiful sight in front of him? Well, verse 41 is unique to Mark. Matthew and Luke don't mention this. But Mark is given insight to tell us this. That once the leper says, if you are willing, you can make me clean, Mark tells us this, moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said, I am willing, be clean. Moved with pity. You've got the New International Version, it'll say, moved with compassion. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the leper. I am willing. I am willing. You doubt that I'm willing? You understand my power, but you don't understand my heart. Am I willing? Of course I'm willing. Filled with compassion. Now, how did Mark know this emotion of Jesus Christ? You can see the things that he does. I mean, Mark would understand. He touched him. But how does he know that Jesus was filled with compassion as he touched him? Mark wasn't actually there. It's unlikely he was there. I suppose he could have been a youngster on the fringe of the crowd. 
But we do know this, that Mark was a close companion of the disciple Peter. And uh, later in life, as uh, Peter was approaching his death, you can read this in his, Peter's second letter, I'm going to make sure that uh, I leave you reminders of all that Jesus said and did. And I believe that's the gospel of Mark. And uh, Peter would share with, with Mark all these wonderful things. The Holy Spirit then leads and guides and moves Mark as he writes things down that they're just... Ex oh, and uh, he didn't give this to Luke, the, the Holy Spirit. He didn't give it to Matthew, but he gives it to Mark. I want you to write this, not just that he touched him, Filled with compassion. And Peter would have said to Mark, do you know, many of us were going to throw stones at the leper. Jesus was very calm. But more than that, do you know there were tears in his eyes? They actually felt the pain and saw the anguish and the agony that this man had been through. And as he comes to Jesus, Jesus' eyes welled up. It wasn't just that he touched him. Okay. You know, you're going to the doctor and uh, they can't, how can they be fully engaged in your situation? They'd be overwhelmed. They've got to be very efficient and proficient at what they do. And so, take, write a prescription, take this away to the chemist. Uh, if it doesn't get better, come and see me in a, a couple of weeks' time. Or maybe you get the video call with, with him or whatever it might be. But not Jesus. He will engage with you personally. He feels your case, and he felt the leper's case, moved with compassion. He reached out his hand. Now, this shouldn't have happened. He shouldn't have touched him. And if Jesus touches the man, really, Jesus should become unclean. That's why you couldn't touch them. But actually, the reverse happens. As Jesus touches him, purity comes from him and cleanses the leper. I am willing to be king. And Mark tells us immediately the leprosy left him. And he was made clean. What a wonderful, wonderful healing takes place. He's full of pity, is Jesus. And he's joined with power. Oh, what joy. He looks at himself. He can't believe it. Everything is as it was. And uh, he can now, after he's shown himself to the priest, there was no time to go into all that. It's an interesting little account. He's not fully obedient straight away by any means. Jesus warns him sternly. Don't tell anybody. Go and show yourself to the priest. That's the Old Testament. Jesus is honouring the law of Moses. Show yourself to the priest. And what a, what a, the, the priest that declared him unclean, that priest would never expect to see him come back cleansed. What a witness that would be to the priest. This, I've never heard anything like this. Since the days of Naaman the Syrian. I read about it in the Old Testament. I've never seen anything like this. Hezekiah, how, how is it that you've been cleansed? Oh, I met Jesus. What a, what a testimony. What a testimony. But instead of doing what Jesus says, he goes out and starts spreading the news. And it means that sensationalism comes in. And Jesus can't go into the towns. He's out in desolate places. But people still come to him from everywhere however no time to really open that up tonight but what the leper can do having shown himself to the priest eventually he can go home and he can be back in his own bed and back with family and back in the synagogue and back at temple worship 
back knowing polite society, heal physically, socially, and spiritually. Hope for the hopeless. Well, that's him 2,000 years ago. Now, the application is obvious. You need to spend too much time on it. We all have a disease. It's called sin. You understand that from the youngest to the oldest. We understand it. We know its effects. In society, in families, in my own life, in, in your life, the good we would do, we find we don't do. The wrong things really deep down we don't want to do, we end up doing. Well, this mess in our lives, what is sin? It's not what we do, primarily. Sin is what we are. We are sinners. There's a, a condition that we have that means our disposition is selfish, self-centered. I should love God with all my heart, soul, mind and strength. Why? Well, he made me. You know, look at that. Look at that. I've got a leg here. Where are these come from? He, he made me. I enjoy breathing. Do you... Is that wonderful air? Air. It's only when you struggle for air, maybe you really appreciate what it is to have air and food that we, we eat. And uh, we think it just happens. It doesn't just happen. He's good to all people. He's good to all people. We should love him because he provides all for us. But we don't. We don't love him. Why? We love ourselves with a passion. We won't deny ourselves anything. Maybe God will get a nod in the, the right direction once or twice a, a year at Christmas and maybe at, at Easter. Maybe at harvest time we might come to a harvest meeting. But most of the time we can't be bothered to stir ourselves unless it's something we need for I and, and me. Well, sin brings consequences. It means that we do things wrong as well because we are sinners. We do things wrong. It is what we do, but we do wrong because we are wrong. And the mess we see in families and in society and internationally and nationally, sin is the root cause of it all. And sin has got devastating consequences. Romans 6.23 The wages of sin is death. The wages, what we earn, is death. The God, the great judge. Death. Death physically. Now I'm decaying before your very eyes. Look, the roof's come off. Coming off anyway. The foundations are creaking. It was uh, the day before yesterday. I got up early with the grandkids. And uh, what was this? Oh, yes. Eva, she's five, likes dancing. She put on Alexa, she said, play dancing in the air. Some magic in the air, magic in the air. Ole, 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 magic in the air. And she's dancing. I thought, I'll dance with her. And I was doing these leg flicks. I'm 64, silly me, silly old man. I really struggled then the rest of the day. But these muscles here, I'd done something to them and I... I could hardly walk for the rest of that, but I'm getting over it now, but I'm not what I used to be. And one day I will cease on planet Earth. I don't know how many times my heart has beaten, but it's going to beat its last at one particular point. I'm on a conveyor belt, and it's not stopping, and it's never going to go in reverse. And at one point, and I don't know when it is, and I don't know how long the conveyor belt is, I will drop off the end into eternity. That's because of sin. Physical death, spiritual death. Sin brings spiritual death. People wonder, I wonder if there is a God. Of course there's a God. The heavens declare the glory of God. The evidence is clear. Why do we wonder? Sin. 
if that were all, perhaps we could cope and muddle through. But there is an eternal death. There really is a hell. The wage of sin is death. If I die as a sinner, I can't go home to heaven. I can't go home to heaven. We thought about heaven this morning. It's a glorious place. But if sin isn't dealt with in this life, I can't go home to heaven. And the trap door to hell opens. And it is an eternal situation. But what hope is there for a sinner like me? Well, at the age of 19, I heard through my cousins about somebody called Jesus. I'd heard about him before I'd rejected him. I felt the answer in Big Bang and Evolution. But I heard from my cousins about Jesus, both lads about my age. And these lads had recently been converted and they told me about Jesus and what he'd done for them. And I thought, well, could there be something in this? Holy God, sinful me, Jesus Christ, the bridge. Jesus, the Son of God, lived for me, died for me, rose again. I was tricked into going back to their church. I didn't really want to go at all. And uh, since, I, since I was there, I thought, well, I'll, I'll, I'll do an experiment. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a chemist. So I tried an experiment, and I prayed before I went in. God, if you are there, it's obviously important. If you are there, show me. I really do sincerely want to know. And I was in the service and the preacher was preaching. The songs had been sung and suddenly it's like watching a jigsaw puzzle coming together, a mist lifting. Holy God, sinful me, Jesus Christ, the bridge. It became so clear and so plain. It was a miracle when it, when it happened. I found myself believing that Jesus Christ could forgive my sin and bring me to God and take me home to heaven. Has that become clear to you? You know, youngsters, thank you for listening. Thank you for not falling asleep. How, how lovely. And oldsters, great to have you here, different shapes and, and sizes. Thank you for lending me your ears. But lend God your ears. Have you trusted Jesus? Have you trusted him to take away your sin? The leprosy of the soul that only Jesus Christ can deal with. Religion can't do it. Morality can't do it. You can't do it. But Jesus can. And not only can he, but he desires to. He desires that none should perish. He not only has the power, but he has the will and the compassion to forgive you tonight so that you can be sure you're going home to heaven. Hope for the hopeless. As I, as I close, I wonder about that, uh, that leper. He definitely lived in a leper colony. Why did only one leper go to Jesus that day? There's an occasion when ten lepers went. All were healed, only one went back to say thank you to him. How terrible that is. Are we Christians who have forgotten to say thank you? Any grumpy Christians here? Shame on us. Grumpy Christians. It's one of those uh, oxy... I learned the word recently, oxymoron. Things that don't fit together. And he has a great, the greatest oxymoron they could be. Grumpy Christian. You're a grumpy Christian? Snap out of it. Go back and say, thank you. Have a thankful heart. Have a big heart because he's done big things for you. But only one leper left the leper colony that day and went to Jesus. Why? Only one leper believed that Jesus could heal him. And tonight, maybe watching online, is that the camera there? You're at home, you're not safe at home because the Lord is there right in your room. Have you trusted Jesus Christ here tonight, children, oldsters? Have you trusted him? You can do it right now.
Do it right now. Why is it so few come to Christ? It's very few who believe. Have you believed tonight? Believe on him. Trust in him. With belief comes repentance. You can't have one without the other. Sorrow, sorrowful for what you are and what you've done. But so grateful for who Jesus Christ is and what he has done. So hope for the hopeless. Yes, there is hope. For, there are no hopeless cases. There are really no hopeless cases with God. He's full of pity joined with power. So trust him now here and uh, watching at home as well.